we respect the game by showing up and working hard and becoming the best version that we can in this game. And with that comes the respect for the people around you, your coaches. You disrespect the game by disrespecting the coaches. You disrespect the game by disrespecting that umpire. And he makes mistakes just like you do. It's the team that can adjust first that wins. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well. But now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just gonna dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm gonna have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are gonna be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive and that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. Hey yo, it's my birthday week. This is your host, Ashley Eggle, and I wanted to give you something special, something that I've never done, something that I think is good to reflect on, especially since I've been in the game as long as I have. I started playing baseball when I was seven and fell in love with softball at the age of eight, so I'm, I turned 29. You're listening to this a couple days after my birthday, and there's a lot that I think I've learned more about being older that I didn't understand or realize when I was in the thick of it, when I was playing, when I was coaching, you know, in the college level. So I wanted to give you this week 10 things that softball has taught me and continues to teach me. Let me throw that out there too. I'm always learning through this game. This is why I don't think I'll ever stop giving lessons. I don't think I'll ever stop coaching because I'm always learning things. And, and these 10 things are just the 10 that came to the top of my mind when I outlined this episode. So I know there's many more things that this game has taught me, but these were kind of like big kahunas for me. So I wanted to break those down. Last year on my birthday, I did an episode with my role model, like biggest role model of all time. Some of you have listened to it. Some of you may not have. And it was Caitlin Lowe. Caitlin Lowe is an outstanding player for Team USA. She played at the University of Arizona absolutely incredible athlete, human being. And I got to meet her. I met her prior to the recording. I actually played against her team when she was first starting off coaching at Arizona. And 
sadly, she retired right before I played pro, but we have met prior, but this is the first time actually getting to know each other. So if you haven't listened to that episode, we're going to be actually tackling some things in this episode that she has actually taught me having her as my role model. So if you haven't listened to that one, I recommend putting that on your playlist next because to be honest, I think every birthday that I have, I want to make sure it's an episode that brings me a lot of joy. And this one's going to bring me a lot of joy. That one brought me a ton of joy. And I'm excited to dive into these 10 things softball has taught me and continues to teach me. The first one I want to start off with is the power of having a dream. And and obviously it all starts with a dream, right? But dreaming and hoping that doesn't make your dreams happen. Setting goals behind it is what makes it happen. I've shared a lot of goals that I've made for myself in previous episodes. And just the power of having that dream, that version of yourself that you've never, you know, you don't know how you're going to get there, but you just really, really want to. There's something that that elevates you inside and, and brings hope and also a lot of inspiration to that version of you that you're trying to be. And it's crazy how simply having lived out a few of my dreams, playing D1, that was a dream of mine. You know, I played pro, but that wasn't even a dream of mine until I got there. It's just crazy. Like I had this dream to play at Notre Dame. And most of you know, I played at Purdue and then I ended up coaching at Notre Dame. Like that's another dream that was pretty cool to live out. And I'm still setting dreams and goals for myself. And it's taught me that when you have these dreams, you in pursuit of it, in pursuit of those goals you make in pursuit of that dream, that's how you elevate to your potential. So the power of having a dream is number one to me um, that softball has taught me. It has allowed me to rise to occasions I never thought I could. It's had me reach heights that I never thought I could. And, and it continues on for me today. So that's something that softball has really taught me. The second one I'm going to break down is patience. Now, in pursuit of those dreams and those goals that I had for myself, the more I tried to get there, the slower that process was for me. Now, let me back, let me unpack that a little bit. So did I try every single day to make sure I was the best version of me on the field? Yes. But the more I tried to force it, the more I was actually backing away from it. So developing patience allowed me to simply go through those habits that were working for me, go through those little things that allowed me to grow the boring stuff off the tee and just trusting that work. A lot of coaches in my career taught me that, but you're not going to receive an automatic reward in this game. And the more you try, (laughs) the longer it takes to get there. So I've learned a ton of patience. I've learned that, you know, those dreams or goals that you have, some of them, they come when you least expect it. Of course, I didn't know the date that Purdue was going to offer me a scholarship. I didn't know uh, that I was going to be drafted to play pro, but realizing that in pursuit of being a better version of me on the field, those dreams, those goals, those things that you wish for or long for, they come when you least expect it. I remember when I wanted to hit my first home run, And I was kind of later to the game hitting my home run than a lot of my teammates. They were a lot bigger and stronger than me. But I hit my very first home run and it happened to be a grand slam walk off to win the game. And it was like one of those things where it's like, did I try to hit the home run? No. But all the work that I was putting into myself to become a stronger hitter, to be able to put a strong swing on that ball, like I've worked hard for that. So being patient and realizing your reward's not going to come right away. You'll reap the reward when you're ready for it. 
it'll come when you least expect it. So that patience aspect is something that I learned a ton from softball. Number three is respect. And honestly, my dad taught me the most of this. I, I've never respected anyone more than my dad. I, I, I respect umpires differently than most people. I respect coaches. I respect my teammates. I, I respect my opponents. As badly as I want to beat them, I still have to respect them. And the biggest one of all to respect is the game itself. We had Natasha Watley on the podcast in the last episode that we had with her. She talked about how literally the players before practice and before games in Japan, they bow to the field out of respect to the game. And I also was, somebody sent me this in a DM and it was this pro baseball team. I don't even know if they were a pro team or an elite team over in Japan. They played in one of the most grandiose stadiums they've ever played in. And after that game, they lost that game. But I think if they won, they would have done the same thing. But after that game, they actually went up into the stands and cleaned it up. Like they picked up the popcorn, they they picked up the, the drinks and all this stuff. And the coach was interviewed after it, asking, like, were you punishing your players? And he was like, no. No, but this is the biggest, most grandiose stadium we've ever played in, and we're going to respect this game. We're going to respect the stadium by cleaning it. And and no, it wasn't a punishment. It was simply out of respect, and that is, we can learn so much from Japan, and if you're looking to gain more respect in the game and just learn how the best of the best in Japan do it, go listen to that episode with Natasha Watley. I'll make sure to put it in the show notes so you can check it out, but the respect that you have for the game in itself, that's becoming as good as you can be. You don't respect the game if you just show up to practice and half ASS it, right? We respect the game by showing up and working hard and becoming the best version that we can in this game. And with that comes the respect for the people around you, your coaches. You disrespect the game by disrespecting the coaches. You disrespect the game by disrespecting that umpire. You have to understand that umpire is a human and he makes mistakes just like you do. And that's allowed. And it's the team that can adjust to maybe that umpire that's not calling the outside pitch or that high pitch that's supposed to be a strike. It's the team that can adjust first that wins. So understanding that it takes a ton of respect to be great at this game and you must respect the game before anything else. The fourth thing that softball has taught me is honor. Again, in the thick of it, I had no idea what this meant. <laughs> but now that I look back on it, I figured this out at 25, that having the, the words Purdue on my chest in college was one of the biggest honors I could ever have. And due to the fact that I absolutely loved and respected my school more than anything, it was that, that heartbeat that allowed me to play to my potential, the honor of wearing that uniform. I'm going to do the biggest or the most that I can for this university. to, And I'm going to do that by playing my heart out. And the honor of wearing Purdue on my chest really allowed me to kind of unleash my potential and be the player that I've always dreamt of being. I also had to understand too that I was, I was honoring my family. Like if I was a pissy pants after an umpire called a strike that I didn't think was a strike, that's dishonor to my name, to my family's name. And, and yes, like some of you are like, well, that's extreme, but think about it. Like who you are on the field is one thing, but who you are off the field is another. 
And if you're not the same on and off the field, then then what are we doing? In order to be the best that you can, and, and something that I learned in softball that I, I hope I can take to this day, and of course I, I have my mishaps and I screw up sometimes, but I have to remember I'm honoring my name and now I have a new name to honor, more people in my family to honor. And I do that through this podcast. I do that through my coaching. I do that through, you know, shaking somebody's hand at church or maybe going to the grocery store and being nice to the person that works there, my server at a restaurant. Like you have more than just yourself that you're playing for. And softball taught me to honor (laughs) that logo on my chest or that family name on my back or my teammates. You, You are representing something bigger than yourself when you're on that field. And there's something beautiful to think about when you truly play for honoring not just yourself, but this game, your team, that that team that you get to represent. Like there's something beautiful about that that softball taught me. And again, I didn't figure that out till I was about 25. Now this one kind of leads me into number five, role model mindset. So I have an episode completely on role model mindset and the power of it. And also I mentioned earlier that I interviewed my role model, but honestly having Caitlin Lowe as my role model, even though I didn't get to meet her for like 10 years after I I just admired her playing, I started to think of being a role model for my sisters. So this was always, and, and again, I, only, I can only think of a few times that I truly maybe was struggling or having a bad attitude. And I literally automatically looked into the stands and saw my two little sisters either watching my game or just playing with each other or other kids around. And like immediately it got me into like this focus of, oh, I'm not doing this for myself. I need to be a good teammate. I need to have a good attitude because somebody's watching me. And somebody is always watching me. And again, I did an entire episode on having a role model mindset and how you can lean into it. I will also put that in the show notes for you as well to listen to. It's just called role model mindset. And basically it's setting a high example for somebody who looks up to you. And I know some of you might be new to this game or younger, but it doesn't matter. There's always people looking up to you. It could be a little kid at the grocery store. It could be your younger sibling. I had two younger siblings, and it was my job to set a high standard for them and to have a good attitude because whatever I do, I knew that they were going to implement too. And when my sister was hitting in the in the backyard after I had hit with my dad, I knew that like during my hitting session, I'm not going to roll my eyes. I'm not going to disrespect dad. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my work because I knew she was going to take swings after me. And she was going to, and I'm thinking of my middle sister, Christina, right now, go blue. But it's crazy how like when you think about somebody who's looking up to you, how differently you act and how beautiful that is. If you don't have anybody that you can think of specifically, it's good to kind of have specific people in mind. Maybe you can think of your younger self. Like who did your younger self need? They needed a role model in their life. So how about you go be that, that role model that you wish you had? There's something beautiful to that. So that's number five. Number six, softball has taught me bravery. And in every example that I think of when I think of bravery, it's like that first time that you step into the box when there's there's a pitcher actually pitching it to you for the first time. There is nothing scarier than that moment. And some of you are in the thick of that now. Your athlete maybe is just seeing live pitching for the first time or was just hit by a ball and they're so scared 
Because when you think about it, all you're thinking about is, oh my gosh, I hope she doesn't hit me. And pitchers, let's admit it, we were really wild when we first started pitching. So the odds of you getting hit are a little higher at a younger age. But there's something brave about that. Standing in the box with a pitcher who could potentially hit you and it could hurt, but staying there anyway and figuring it out. Now, it might take a year to actually fully figure that out, and that's okay. Everybody's different. Everybody needs their space. Everybody needs their time to figure this out. Um, And there's many ways to do that, but you just got to understand that, like, it is very terrifying to stand in that box. And I think parents can also think about that, too. Like, remember, your kid is probably scared sometimes in there, and that's normal. And that's okay. And there's something brave about that. So let's start commending bravery. Um, Also, another thing that's brave is, you know, stepping into the box after you've gotten hit. Or maybe if you're on defense, being able to want the ball, even though the last ball just went through your legs and you looked silly. It's being able to jump into something that, that makes you a little nervous and doing it even though you're scared. That's like this whole game. I remember the most scared I've ever been in the box maybe other than the first time I was ever in the box versus a live pitcher, was when I saw Monica Abbott for the first time. And if you want to laugh, go listen to when I interviewed Monica on the podcast. And she talked all about, actually, I shared my story about that. And she actually told me, she goes, she talks about what she looks for when there's a hitter that she's never faced for the first time. Like, what do they look like? If they're scared, she's throwing it right down the middle. It's just, it was a cool episode. And she laughed so hard when I shared that story. But It's scary. She throws over 70 miles an hour. And she's like this grandiose player that I looked up to when I was younger. It was a big moment. But to me, after I got over the scared in my first at bat and struck out in three pitches, there was something brave about the next time I went up to bat. I was like, okay, I'm going to do something here. I'm going to plan something. I'm going to create a plan. I'm going to execute the plan. Like That's bravery. And I think we need to commend more bravery in this game. There's something beautiful about it. There's something beautiful about going into the next pitch after you just had an error. There's something beautiful about going up to bat versus somebody who throws over 70 miles an hour or just throws hard. There's something brave about that. Let's start commending it. You can learn a lot about that. Number seven, how to get through hard things. How to get through hard things. Man, we are all in a very, very tough season, whether you believe it or not. Like, this is crazy that we're living through a pandemic here. So, Shout out to you for making it to where you are now. You are stronger. You are tougher than when you are when this first started. Just, just, want to, just want to tell you that. But hard things are inevitable in the game of softball. And I think there's a lot that we can learn through softball. And I actually listened to a former baseball player. He was a pro baseball player. I wish I could give you his name right now. Um, but I just learned this, I think it was literally two or three days ago. This story, he actually got COVID very early on back when like nobody could be in the hospital um, with you if you had COVID and he was on a ventilator. He was literally hours away from death. Like he, the way he described it, I was very convinced that he was about to die and he just told the story. So clearly he lived, but he said that the game of baseball and being an athlete taught him how to get through it. Like simply working on taking the next step, making sure that when a doctor says, this is your goal for the day, you do the goal. When he got off the ventilator and he was told to go walk down the hall and back, it was the hardest thing, one of the hardest things he's ever done, but he did it because his coach, quote unquote, doctor told him to do it and he went out and did it. So it's about trust. It's about taking the next step. He said without sports, without baseball, he would have not gotten over that COVID and now he's healthy. 
sharing his story. Now he's like a like speaker. I really need to figure out who this is. Okay, I'm making a note in my journal right now or in my notebook to look up his name. <laughs> and I will be posting that either on Instagram, but probably my Facebook page. The ABT community um, is my Facebook group that I like to kind of talk about the podcast a lot. I'll probably look up his name and then send it to you there. Just if you're going to be on the lookout, okay? But there's a lot that we can learn through this game. Cage work. Think about it. When you have a tough day in the cage, do you just call it a day? You're like, eh, I'm going to be done for the day. There is something important about that. If you are not yourself in the cage that day, if you're not yourself on the mound that day during a bullpen, if you have a game, you have to go play the game. That might be a tough moment for you, but you have to figure out how to show up and still serve your team and help them. Even when like everything in your mind is like, I can't do this, right? You have to figure out how to change the I can't to how will I. And literally figuring that out through the many, many years that you're going to play this game, hopefully, there's something pretty awesome about getting through the hard. Because I looked back after, when I was 25 is when I made all these realizations. Again, I'm 29. So this was a few years ago and I thought about all this. But I didn't understand how hard being a collegiate athlete at the D1 level in the Big Ten was until I got out of it. I was in the thick of it for four years and it was nuts. I don't know how the heck I survived. And that sounds dramatic and I will take that to my grave. I don't know how I did it. I barely slept for the first couple years. I barely slept because I was trying to figure this whole thing out. I don't know how I got over a 3.5 GPA. Like to be completely honest, I don't know how it's possible. (laughs) And those of you who get like 4.0s, like my sister, actually, my youngest sister, she's so smart. I was just trying to get by half the time. And then I get out of college and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so strong. I am so, so much stronger than I was walking into college. And it's funny because I won't go into this whole transformation, but before college, I like kept to myself. I was very quiet. I was that person who liked to um, lead by example, not by verbiage, not by my voice. And now here I am hosting a podcast. It's kind of crazy. But college like transformed me in like the craziest, hardest way. But it was through those hard things that I dealt with in college that allowed me to walk out and say, whoa. I can do hard things. And this game over and over keeps punching us in the gut. Every time we figure, we think we figure out the game, it's like, nope, punch to the gut. Try again. And it's and it's cool. <laughs> like when you're in the thick of it, it's not. Like I guarantee you there's some athletes listening that are like, no, this game sucks most of the time. And you know what? Sometimes it does. But it's through it's those hard things. It's through injury. It's through that the hardest weightlifting conditioning session you've ever had in your life. And yes, I am having pictures flood into my brain right now of college softball, but it's those moments where you learn how strong you are. And without those moments, life's easy, but like you don't actually get anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen there? (laughs) But in all seriousness, this game teaches you how to get through hard things. And originally I wrote down how to work through hard things, but I like getting through hard things more because sometimes getting through hard things 
really requires you to kind of step back. There's a player that comes to my mind that reached out to me that said, uh, it's actually a mom, and she said, hey, my daughter's just not loving the game anymore. She used to love it. She used to love practicing. She used to love games. And and lately, it's been really tough for her mentally. And she's not loving it anymore. And like my advice was like, hey, maybe just like take a little break. Take a step back. Like look at it from like above, you know? Like I try to think of this from a business aspect. Like I need to look at my business from above so I can see all the moving parts instead of just being in the thick of it the whole time. Because if I'm just in the thick of it the whole time, I get burnout, right? And if you're on the verge of that, take a, take a step back. And like sometimes that, and honestly, this player literally came back to the game three weeks later after being refreshed and not even thinking about the game and being a kid and just enjoying life. And like, she's come back stronger with a stronger passion to play than ever. And there's something to that. So again, getting, like sometimes it's not working through it. It's not taking extra reps when like you really don't love the game anymore. It's take a step away. Take away the reps, take away the practices, take away, even though like some coaches may disagree with me here, but I'm telling you, maybe stepping away is the answer to building that passion back. So that's why I didn't write how to work through hard things. I wrote how to get through hard things. Trust me, it's all worth it in the end. Okay, this is a longer episode than I have planned, but I have eight, nine, and 10 coming up and I may have thrown a bonus in here too. Okay, number eight. Number eight thing that softball has taught me is the power of repetition. I've recommended a book on this podcast called Atomic Habits, and it talks about the power of building habits. And, you know, when you start a habit, and, and last week we actually talked about like goals and how some people are committed to them and interested in them. Um, but the committed are able to create the right habits, put in the right repetition so that they can grow at a substantial pace than most. So habits and repetition, I think, are very similar words. But habits are how do you how do you put in the repetition? So for example, the more reps, I've heard this phrase, the more reps you put in, the more luck you get. And I think that is completely true. The more reps I put in on the high pitch, whether I hate it or not, like the more success I'll find during the high pitch than not, right? Like a lot of people like to avoid it. Like if they don't like the high pitch, eh, I'm gonna practice all the other ones, which I get that, like go get good at your strengths. But if you're not gonna like at least try to figure out the high pitch or put in some reps, some consistent reps, habitual reps on the high pitch, then you're not gonna get better at it. So there's something there's something to that. So repetitions go a long, 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 long way. So if you're struggling with the backhand or the forehand on defense, putting in the reps there consistently, maybe it's just 10 reps before every practice, or it's 10, oh, Morgan Stewart, um, I had her on the podcast too, but she, defense is her baby, it's her thing. Um, she does like these backhand picks that are like epic and amazing. I'm just gonna write this down, then I'm gonna tag Morgan Stewart's Instagram go look up her backhand drill if if that's the thing that you're struggling with. Um, but like, even if you're just like watching Netflix and doing these, <laughs> like the, there's power in repetition. I remember when I was, I was very small and didn't have a whole lot of muscle on me before I got to college. 
My coach always said, keep eating cheeseburgers. But my dad, we we kind of took note to that, like, hey, I do need to get stronger. And he bought these little bands for me to, to strengthen my forearms and my fingers. It wasn't a band. It was like one of those squishy things. But and it had different levels. Like when that one got easy, move up to the higher one. But just the consistent reps, I'd be in the car and my we had them in the car and my dad was like, okay, do your reps. And I'm just sitting there like pumping out these, these squeezes over and over. And it was every time we were going to a tournament, we did that. And over time I got stronger. And then the ball went over the fence. Like there is something really, really cool about repetition. And then going back to that patience aspect, it's like putting in the reps and then trusting in the work and that patience of like, this'll work. And then finally it all coming together, there's like something to it. So number eight, repetitions go a long, 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 long way. And for that, that's not just physical reps. I know all my examples just now are physical reps, but mental reps are more important than the physical. They are so much more important than the physical. And most of you, some of you won't believe me here, but if you listen to last episode that we had with Morgan Stewart talking all about mental skills and how to put in the reps on your mental game. It's the people that knew that know how to put in their mental reps and their physical reps combined that find the most success. Like they are the most successful. It's the ones that have figured out their mind. So I will also reference that episode. Also a good way to put in your mental reps, uh, check out the episode that we did with Hannah Huseman in season one. Hannah Huseman's a mental performance coach. She was with the Phillies and now she's actually with a new team. But at the time, she talked about a lot of ways that you can work on getting your mental reps in. So let me tell you, those mental reps are what'll lead to more confidence in the game. It works. It works. So put in your mental reps and those podcasts that I'm gonna that I'm referencing right now, I'll put those in the show notes as well. I know we're going all over the place with episodes we've done, but I'm telling you, putting in the mental reps is huge. And some people that listen to this, they reach out to me and they say, this is part of my mental reps is listening to your podcast. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. If this podcast gives, brings you confidence, if this podcast motivates you to go hit in the backyard, like I'm here for that too. So find a way to get your mental reps in and your physical reps in because repetitions go a long way. All right, we're getting close to the end. Number nine, softball taught me that I am my own biggest enemy. <laughs> Softball really taught me this. And again, didn't realize it in the thick of it. I always thought dad was my own worst, my worst enemy because when I had a bad game, I heard about it, right? But in reality, I beat myself up so much mentally. So, so much. And I learned that that's normal. I think everybody's their own worst enemy. Everybody after a tough loss or a tough performance can look back at it and think of all the bad things right but i but i've learned that the power of journaling and being able to after a good performance or a bad performance writing down at least 3 things that you did well because again in the thick of it all i want to do is talk about the 45 tiny things that i did wrong in that game instead of the 30 great things we can't find confidence without actually seeing that we did okay. So you may have had the ESPN diving play in that game, but because you were the last out offensively, it was the worst game of your life because that's what I used to say to myself. But then I learned, oh no, I have to actually look back at that good stuff that I did. So a way to practice um, getting away from being your own biggest enemy, which you are mentally sometimes, but that's one thing. After a game, write down three things that you did well before you even go into the bad sandwich it a little bit. And 
if you start playing, saying that you're just going to go all out and do that, and you can say after a game, whether you won, lost, had the last out of the game, had the winning hit, if you can say you did everything that you could in that game, then you have something to be proud of. So be proud of showing up sometimes. Be proud of just showing up. Some days you don't want to show up, but the fact that you got your cage work in anyway, or you did your ninth spot T work, I posted that on Instagram this week, or just doing simple T work that day, you showed up. So if you gave it all, and maybe your all was only 60% because you were feeling a little bit off that day, if all you had was 60 and you gave all of your 60, that is something to be proud of. Man, I wish somebody would have told me that early on (laughs) because you're not going to be at your best every day and you're going to mess up. You're your own biggest enemy. I know it. Mom and dad are probably saying this to themselves too. I'm my own biggest enemy too. But if you show up and you give it all that you have for that day, congratulations. You have something to be proud of. All right, number 10, softball taught me, and this one's the biggest one probably, sacrifice. I really wanted to play D1 softball and I saw somebody else do it that I knew. Thankfully, I had her to look up to, but I looked at the life she had and she didn't really spend a whole lot of time with other people like friends. She did a little bit, but like she was playing on this elite travel team every weekend in the summer. She was gone and playing and she was going to these softball tournaments and she was going to these softball camps to get exposed to other coaches. She was doing all of these things. And then I realized like, that's going to eat into my friend time. And I still can't figure out if this is a regret or something that I had to do, but there was a PGF national tournament in California and I missed my cousin's wedding, which I know like some people are looking at that as like, whoa, that's a little too far. But I look at it now and I'm like, but all of the best coaches were there. And thankfully he was at my wedding. And I've told him this story a million times, but there was something that had to be done. And my dad kept reminding me like, hey, you signed up for this. Like your goal is to play D1 and your goal is to be good at D1 as well. The goal isn't just to get there. So I think this was actually after I'd committed to Purdue, but all of the best teams and the best coaches were there. And that is like a level of pressure that I needed to be exposed to in order to play and compete and start as a freshman at Purdue in order to play against the best pitchers, in order to hit against them, in order to play defense against the best hitters. Like there was something really, really amazing about being at that tournament that had to be done, right? So I'm not saying you have to go to that extreme if that's not what your goal is, but you do have to make some sort of sacrifice if you want to be good at anything. You have to put in the hours, you have to put in the work, or you're just going to be mediocre. And I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I need to do that more on the podcast. But in reality, if you want something really, really tough, That's going to take the toughest athlete, the one to put in more work than others. Like to be a college athlete, I think you have to be in the top 3% of your field of softball. So you have to be in the top 3% in high school in order to play college. And that's like including NAIA up to D1. Like all of those, you have to be in the top 3%. This is why all of these conferences are good, or not just the conferences, all of these stages of playing D2, D3, all of them, they're really good. Okay. I don't care what you say. But to be in that top 3% requires the top 3% of effort. That's something that a lot of people don't quite understand. But in reality, like if you want something bad enough, it takes a little sacrifice. If you want to be really good at something, it takes sacrifice. I don't care what it is. It could be piano. <laughs> like it could be anything. Nothing comes easy. You're not going to get to the goal by trying to slide through. 
And if you need a little kick in the butt, go listen to last week's episode about being committed versus interested in your goals. I am referencing a lot of podcasts and I'm okay with it. All right. I told you I'd give you a bonus one. Softball also taught me that confidence takes practice. It takes practice to get confident in anything. The first time you tried to walk, the first time you got up, were you done? Were you like, oh, I did it. I'm great. No, you have to develop confidence in the thing, right? Like the more efforts you put into becoming a good walker, which isn't always the goal as a kid. It's just to get up because that's cool. And that's what mom and dad and your sisters and brothers do. And I want to do that too. But like now we can walk with swag because now we've practiced it for X amount of years that we've been alive. So think about confidence doesn't doesn't come from like one time hitting in the cages. Confidence comes from, like we were saying earlier, if you're struggling with the high pitch, tackling the high pitch more than most in your off season, you're going to develop a lot more confidence when you see that higher pitch in a game that you really want. You're going to develop confidence because you put in the reps in the off season. Going back to repetition, going back to bravery, going back to this role model mindset. The more you practice it, the more you get better at it. It's a beautiful thing. So find your thing that brings you confidence. Okay, low key, something that gave me a ton of confidence was eye black. <laughs> I loved putting it on. I felt like I turned into this alter ego of like a fierce tiger when I put on my eye black the same way every single day. That brought me confidence. We had Lauren Hager on the show. She talked about how literally spending an hour before each game that she started as a pitcher, and maybe it was only 30 minutes, but it, it seemed like an hour. She would put makeup on. Like she would put her best makeup on for that performance because she felt strong and confident with it on. There's something beautiful to that. For me, like I said, it was my eye black. Maybe it's a specific routine that you do. When you wake up and you know you're going to have a game day, like doing specific things. I loved eating oatmeal before my games. There's something to it for me for that. That brings me confidence. Like listening to a certain playlist listening to this certain song before you go and compete. By the way, if you guys have like a certain walk-up song that you absolutely love, I'd love to know what it is. So either write it as like an Apple review so I can see it or go into that ABT community on Facebook and, and type it in. Like, I really want to know what songs pump you up. Maybe we can create like a fun little playlist, like a Spotify playlist with all your favorite songs, but maybe it's listening to music. Like find the thing that brings you the most confidence and do it. So we talked about physical things, actions you can take to develop it, but you you can't get good in anything without putting in the reps or the work. Bravery takes practice. Repetitions go a long way. Okay, let's let's just recap all of these really quickly from 1 to technically 11 cuz I gave you a bonus. 1. The power of having a dream. That's something that softball taught me. That's something that will help a ton of players become the best versions of them. Two, patience. Nothing comes easy. Nothing is just given to you. And also, when you want the reward too bad, like you won't get it. So being patient, putting in the work, you'll reap the reward when you're ready for it. Three, respect. Respect your coaches. Respect the umpire. Respect your teammates. And respect the game, most of all. Respect the heck out of this game. You don't have to bow to the field. Like if that's not a thing that you don't want to, you don't have to do that, but you have to respect that field enough. You have to respect your opponents enough. You have to respect the people teaching you enough to be good at this game. Number four, softball taught me honor. 
the power of putting Purdue on my back, my team on my back, my family name on my back, like that itself was enough to elevate me to be the person that I wanted to be. And that goes along with the role model mindset. Being a role model for my sisters allowed me to have a better attitude on the field because other people were watching. It really helped me set a high standard for not only myself, but those around me. Number six, bravery. Stand up for yourself. Like they're, they're having just a brave mindset, like, hey, this is scary. I'm just going to run through it anyway. That takes talent or not, not talent. That takes confidence. That takes getting out of your shell, trusting that a better version of you is going to come when that happens. Be brave. Be brave. This game will teach you that. Number seven, how to get through hard things. The game is going to throw punches at you every day, if not every day, every other day. But being ready and, again, being brave to understand that hard things will happen and figuring out how you can get through it, it'll teach you a lot. Number eight, repetition goes a long way. I don't need to even say anything else about that. Put in your reps, people, your mental reps, your physical reps. Number nine, I'm my own biggest enemy. Softball taught me I am my own biggest enemy and I have to figure out, I have to figure out how just sometimes showing up is all that matters. And sometimes giving my 60% because that's all I have is all that matters. And some days you're gonna come in 100, give everything you have to everything that you do and you will be so proud of who you become. Whoa, got into that one. Number 10 is sacrifice. Nothing comes easy. The bigger the goal, the bigger the sacrifice. And number 11, confidence takes practice. It takes practice. It pra- you have to practice bravery to develop confidence. You have to practice repetition. You have to practice standing up after you just fell, physically and mentally, friends. Practice, practice, practice. Goes a long way. All right, thanks for hanging out with me today. Uh, This is my fan fun birthday episode, and I'm so excited that you hung out with me my birthday week. I'm already excited to see what I'm going to give you next year. I really want to make this week special every year. Um, and I hope you got a ton out of this. If you even grabbed one of these and you're like, whoa, needed to hear that, please share it on social media. Tag me at Ashley B. Training on Instagram. Tag me on Facebook. Tag me wherever you like to hang out. Instagram's where I hang out most. Getting into TikTok. Love that one too. But tag me. I want to see what stood out to you the most so I can create more content kind of like around uh, where you want to be. Don't forget to check out the show notes to see where some of this stuff lies. Uh, all of those podcasts that I mentioned. And thanks for hanging out with me. This was so fun. I get really passionate and excited about this stuff and I love it. And I love you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me this week. Thanks for all of you giving me birthday messages. I appreciate you mucho. 30, big 30 next year. Whoo, gotta line up something spectacular for that. All right, things are hanging out. Don't forget to share this. Don't forget to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Be honest with me. If you think I'm a four out of five, give me a four out of five. I probably deserve it. It'll honestly make me hustle harder. So I recommend giving me a five if you think I deserve a five though. Okay, (laughs) enough about me. Let's carry on with our week. Go be awkward, go stay humble. Don't forget to keep smiling and don't forget, keep working towards your goals. Repetitions go a long way. See you next week. So there you have it. Another episode of When the Cleats Come Off is completed. And if you loved it, I would love if you shared this with your softball community. 
The only way this game grows is if we have people like you that are eager to learn more and are eager to also share that new knowledge with other people. So if this episode really brought somebody that you know into fruition in your brain and you know that they can learn from this conversation, I would love it if you shared it with them because the more people that can learn from this type of conversation, I think the better the game of softball gets. And who knows, maybe this will be shared with other people in other sports because I truly believe some of these conversations, they don't just hit the game of softball, they hit all sports. And if there are people that come to your brain, I would love more than anything if you shared it. If you do share it, make sure you tag me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social platform you hang out on. I would love to see that you're sharing this and I would love to see some of your favorite parts. If you do share it, make sure to tag me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Guys, I'm even on TikTok, Ashley B Training and at Smashly underscore four is where you can find me. And make sure you tell me which part was your favorite. I want to know what resonated with you so that I can create more content like that for you to share with your softball community. I can't wait to share another episode with you. Same time, same place next week. See you later.